welcome to another episode of Panels and Bars. Today is a slightly different episode. We're trying a new format. I don't know about you guys out there, but I've always been intrigued by Final Fantasy, but never known anything about it. So this week, Patrick is going to explain Final Fantasy 101. Enjoy. I think you can explain, like there are YouTube videos, two, three hours long, explaining the story of one Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Um, like uh, Some of these games I've played like 10, 15 times, and I'm still a bit like, what happened? What exactly was that about? So yeah, so what I'm going to go for is more like, why do people like it? <laughs> like for people because, who've never, because I've got some knowledge, uh, mainly that I've seen the spirits within Advent Children, and I love the Kingdom Hearts games. But everything else to me is just like Alien. I can't imagine what watching Advent Children would be like if you hadn't played the game that it's a sequel to. Very, like, very, very, very confusing. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine so. Like, it, again, I was it like, kind of, ooh, it's pretty, but I don't know what's happening. It is pretty. What I would say is that that's a good thing. That's a good point to make, actually, because like the CG, like when on the place on the ps1 like the cg cutscenes obviously were like a bigger thing and they were very beautiful but like advent children is still one of the best looking cg productions i've ever seen and it's like 15 years old um i mean people rag on the spirits within but for the time it was mind-blowing yeah i mean it is it is borderline it was borderline photorealistic as far as that was even possible then so like yeah so uh so yeah i figured i'd start with like a couple of uh, a little a little a couple of little anecdotes a little a uh, little story cool. to get to get us into this so yeah so uh, i don't know if you know this but i was not allowed to have video game consoles when i was a kid uh i believe my parents thought they would be distracting for me uh, and actually as an adult that they, they were correct because you know i spend an insane amount of time playing games i do wonder if maybe if they hadn't denied me games for years and years i would love them as much i had the same thing the f- my mum would not allow them at all and the first console i ever owned was my first paycheck i think i bought a gamecube so that's the first thing i've properly ever owned after Damn. shortly after that someone gave me a dreamcast so it was kind of like two buses at once but yeah i was in i was in the same situation my dad didn't mind but my mom was like no game consoles in my house i had a game boy uh, which my dad bought to play tetris on um and then i i kind of used it to play mario and zelda so i was only really familiar with nintendo games uh, and then when i was about 11 my parents told me i could get a games console uh, and I, so i was gonna get an n64 because you know i was familiar with nintendo stuff and also everybody i knew had a playstation so i had this kind of, i think the n64 had this kind of mystique about it i was all like why does nobody want this uh, and everything i read about it was people being all like it's amazing these are the best games ever and i was a bit like well clearly that's the one to go for because people are idiots um and yeah and my dad was kind of like i'm not sure if we should get that or if we should get the one with time crisis on it um <laughs> Uh, and he made other arguments That's about a compelling it being... argument, I'll be honest. Well, yeah, well, he was all like, it's, it's half the price. And I was a bit like, yeah, but like, you know, it's not got Zelda. And Dad was a bit like, it has got Time Crisis, though. <laughs> like, you like Time Crisis. And I was like, not as much as you, man. Like, I see where <laughs> this is going. Uh, and then one day I went into the living room to talk to my parents. Uh, and like, up, up until this point, for me, games were very, they fitted very neatly into the genres that I understood. Mm. Like you could play, there were cartoony, child-friendly things, your Mario's and your Sonics. There was like, a, a, because they were confined mostly to PC games and I hadn't encountered a lot of like Lord of the Rings style fantasy games. So most of the things were either sci-fi or some sort of realistic soldiers or cars generally. And that was pretty much it. 
and I kind of thought that that was what games were because that was a lot of what was marketed to the West in the 90s. Uh, and I walked into the living room one day and my parents were watching adult TV uh, and this advert came on uh, and it had like, it had like a mixture of things that I could not fathom. Like there were adult looking people and there was a city uh, and there were cars, but there were also like airships and dragons and people had swords and guns and i remember just standing there and being all like what is this and there were like things exploding and it was it was uh, the the trailers the 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 adverts were all cg cutscenes so there was no hint of what the actual game looked like whatsoever (laughs) it was just shots of cutscenes. i'm glad to see that that trend has stopped yeah exactly (laughs) um and and i remember at the end of the trade at the end of the advert it said this year's most important game is Final Fantasy VII. I remember being like, what is that? Like, literally, and there was, like, all these layers to it. There was the fact that it looked like nothing I'd ever seen. Mm. But there was also the idea that there were games that were important. Like, like a like like adults talk about like Oscar winning movies. Like it was it was it wasn't just the it wasn't just a new game. It was the most important game that was coming out this year, and it was clearly aimed at adults because it was on the TV during you know this time. And also the other thing which really got me, I remember, is um I like when we watched. I used to watch the nineties Spider Man cartoon, uh, and there was never really any kind of continuity to when i got to watch it so like i would often start an episode and it would be like sins of the father chapter 11 um and i was a bit like cool uh, and they always had roman numerals and i quite like going into a story halfway through yeah. because if i like it i'm not stuck with just the first episode i got loads of shit to yeah. do right and like and and i was like how is this this year's most important game but it's the seventh, seventh one chapter, yeah. and i've never heard of this um and yeah and the whole thing like and i became like obsessed i bought magazines with reviews of it in and one of my friends had it and i just like ask him to describe things to me about it um i got obsessed with like trying to get him to let me play the game and then obviously he'd be all like i've got 15 memory card blocks man like you can't have one (laughs) like especially not especially not for a game which is like hours and hours that I've already seen. You can't come to my house and sit there and play Final Fantasy while I watch. Like, fuck you. Um, Although one time I did get him to let me. um, And I remember playing through like the first hour or so. uh, And and something about it just kind of grabbed me. Um, And so I got a PlayStation. uh, And with my PlayStation, I got Tekken 2 and Final Fantasy 7. And I played, I think about a thousand hours of final fantasy 7 i finished that game like 10 times um and it was insane to me like again i don't know like now entering a game with like a big world where you can go anywhere you want is like a pretty normal thing yeah um but then the idea that there was like a world map that there were continents and countries and cities and i could just go wherever i wanted in my airship or whatever it just absolutely blew my mind. And that was the other thing. I think one thing about that era of games and and games like that that were kind of opening the possibility of sandbox, from what I know, they they approached it. There's a reason behind it. You know what I mean? Whereas I think nowadays, post GTA 4 or GTA 3, like the problem is nowadays to appeal to those, to the broader audience, people develop, a lot of companies develop a narrative and then they're like, oh, we might need to make this open world. So it's yeah. just open world for the sake of being open world. But what's really intrigued me about Final Fantasy is, like like you say, 
there is this massive world that is integral to the story, is integral to the characters. So it really feels like it's all been made with purpose. Yeah, well, and the other thing is that nowadays, quite often, they feel the need to fill the world with things. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, in Final Fantasy games, quite often the point of the world is so that you feel like you're going on this long journey. So often you're traveling between places, but there's really not a lot going on between places. Sometimes there are other locations that you don't have to go to, but there's not, like, collectibles all over the map. There's not stuff to do in a lot of the map. It's just there because it's a whole world so there's a big place there um and i think that like that's the thing is that like when i started playing final F- like i said about the story it's very hard so final fantasy 7 is the story of cloud uh, he's a mercenary and he works for a corporation that also serves as the government of the world okay. it's kind of got a dystopian cyberpunk thing going on um and then the story evolves from there and he encounters Sephiroth, whose mum was an alien, uh, and they made him in a lab, I think, uh, and then he wants to summon a meteor to destroy the world and kill everybody because the world has, like, blood, and, and whenever it gets hurt, the blood comes out to heal it, and he wants to bathe in said earth blood (laughs) because then he thinks he will become god again that kind of concept is quite far beyond the princess has been kidnapped yeah like i i was familiar with games where generally the story was get that woman um and and like and again i think that now like games are so desperate to be movies that there is generally even though games can still be extremely sexist there is generally like something beyond woman missing get woman you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like and uh, but that was a completely serviceable plot for games for the first 15 years that they existed but this game had a story that i could barely comprehend despite having played it three or four times and it actually it's very anime like there are big swords it's very very japanese and especially at the time i'd never really it's one of the things that i still like about anime now is that when you sit down to watch something you don't know what you're going to get because it is not going to be like, here's the hero, here's the bad guy, here's, you know what I mean? Like their tropes are different. And so there's a whole world there that you're not familiar with. And that creates stories that you're not necessarily expecting. And just like juxtapositions. So like, because the other anecdote that I've got, and this is my favorite one, is when I played the most recent Final Fantasy game that I played, which was Final Fantasy XV. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago, uh, and I was really excited about it. And Beth was there, and she was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll give it a try. I've never really seen one of these. Uh, and the game starts, uh, and they're on this like photorealistic highway. And there's these four guys, and their car has broken down. Uh, and they're all like standing around the car being all like, what, what are we going to do? Like, oh, well, we'll have to push it. And then they start pushing their car to try and get it started. Uh, And a cover of Stand By Me plays performed by Florence and the Machine. Um, And and it pulls out to show this whole world and there's like giant crystals in the ground. And Beth was just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like literally, what 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 is this? And like... 15's got like, they fixed it now with patches and stuff because that's the world that we're in now. But there are things in that game. So like when the game launched, you couldn't steer your car. You could drive the car by pressing the trigger in. And when you came to junctions, you could press a direction and it would turn that way. But the driving was like 
pretty much nothing and in fact you have a friend who drives and he will drive you everywhere if you want and you can just sit in the car but you have to sit in the car for all the car journeys in real time oh, wow. you can't skip them yeah in any way shape <laughs> or form and there's like a stereo you sit in the front and there's a stereo and your only job if you're in the passenger seat is to change the music but despite the car system not working when ff15 launched it had a system where you could cook meals which is ludicrously realized like it's got hundreds of ingredients and every meal has a cg photorealistic render of it that you get to just look at for a bit <laughs> when you cook it and i remember sitting there and being all like the driving system is totally unfinished but the cooking system is more complicated than some full games and i was just like who pitched that yeah do you know what i mean like who went to, who in what world can you go to your publisher and be all like oh, the driving doesn't really work but i don't think that matters like you just check out the cooking look at these eggs yeah and they'll be like oh my god look at those eggs they look (laughs) real and like and those kind of experiences like it's been like 20 years and i'm still playing final fantasy games and being all like what is this like who made this and what was their intention and i don't necessarily always understand like but it is the one series of games so like i cry a lot at movies books I know this. manga like I'm a, I'm a real crier like it doesn't take a lot to get me uh games never really get me because by and large the narrative of games is quite bad but final fantasy is the one series of games where like i think there's like four of them that have made me cry um like they I mean, and I, they generally I can believe that because as you know i have a heart made of stone but um the kingdom heart the kingdom hearts games do get me and a lot of people I know who are like yourself, who are into the series, say, dude, Kingdom Hearts is Final Fantasy light. So it's like, if those get you, yeah. Final Fantasy will break you. Yeah, well, and the thing is that you also, like, they're so long. So you spend a lot of time with the characters. Yeah. And unlike, so in 15, you go on a road trip with your friends and, you know, you drive in real time. And, you know, the game took me about 40 hours, I think. But a lot of that time isn't, like, plot heavy stuff yeah a lot of the time is you and your friends hanging out driving from place to place you have to camp at the end of every day and go to sleep which is when you cook yourself some food and then generally at the end of the day when you sit down you'll sit around the campfire and just talk for a little bit and sometimes one of them will be all like hey do you want to come and run on the beach with me uh one of them takes photos uh, and his ai just randomly takes screenshots of things that have happened during the day um, and then at the end of the day, he goes, hey, do you want to see the photos I took of us today? And they're just random screenshots of the stuff you've done during that day of the game. And then you can save them. But also, I'm pretty sure that what it's doing is looking at which screenshots you liked most and then generating more like that. Because it took a couple of days before I got one of the dog that's in the game. But after I'd saved that one, I definitely got more screenshots of the dog <laughs> bit by bit until until half his photo album was just dog pictures. And he takes selfies where it will take a random location and just shove all of you in front of it with him holding the camera and stuff. And it's like algorithmically generated. And so like sometimes they're fucked. Sometimes like the photograph, the screenshot will just be in somebody's back or whatever. <laughs> but you don't mind so much because there's this level at which it gives him this little personality. Because actually 
he's kind of crap at taking <laughs> photos because because it's not real photos yeah. you know what i mean and so you spend all this time with them and and you run on the beach and you go cook and you cook food and you look at the photos and you drive places and you spend hours and hours and hours with these characters doing nothing in it's stuff that any other game would be all like no we can't have a section where they cook dinner together <laughs> And and this and in Final Fantasy Fifteen, you have a section where they cook dinner together every day. Like, and a lot of games have like a scene where you bond with your characters doing something mundane. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a scene where they sit there, like the, like that bit in Suicide Squad. One scene where they go to a bar and they sit together and have a conversation. Um, and and it's the repetition of it that makes them feel like people. And so at the end, like when. Yeah, absolutely. But then at the end, unlike Shenmue, it's got an end. Um, so then at the end, when things actually kick into some sort of plot and things are actually happening, like you're not just all like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got to survive. You're genuinely all like, but what about my buddies? Where are they? Are they okay? What's going to happen to them? One of them disappears for a bit at one point. And I was genuinely all like, but where is he? The car is three quarters full. Where is my friend? And like that feeling is like, and the thing is that games are really good at that. Like they really are. They're really, really great at like, like Animal Crossing works entirely on the basis that if you continue to exist in the same place, you will gain affection yeah. for it, regardless of how little there actually is to do there. And again, like, like the collectibles on the map, so many games become like, but what is the person doing now? What are, we, what are we making them do that's cool and will make them feel cool and special? And there's something about the game just being all like, you want to go fishing? And then you being all like, oh, cool, yeah, why? And the game just being all like, eh, like you, you don't have to. And you're a bit like, um, all right, well, I'll, I'll try. And then like five hours later, you're all like, God damn, I'm the greatest at fishing. And like, and then you start seeing like ponds and you're all like, oh, is it, is it a is it a fishing pond? And you get closer and the little icon comes up and you're all like, yeah, fishing time. And like, I, I have never fished in real life. In fact, I find I'm kind of scared of fish. So like, for me, like the, these little things, like I don't really cook that much in real life. Like it's, and it's the, like, me and Beth have had this conversation a few times. She came downstairs one day and I was carefully planting and watering flowers outside my house in Animal Crossing. And she was just all like, I would love if you wanted to do this, like, <laughs> in real life. And I was a bit like, yeah, but I don't, like, you know, like, don't know what to tell you, but this, like, I got to breed these flowers and get blue ones because uh, I need blue ones, I've decided. And I think that games have a real power to invest you in things that you would never do normally 100% because i would and, never fight in an underground fight club but def jam is still my favorite game of all time <laughs> exactly and like and then and it and it creates this and that's the thing about final fantasy is that there is like there is stuff going on in that game that you will never ever ever do in any other game that you'll never do in certainly ever do in real life but look, that even in terms of video games you'll never encounter another game that works like this and that is still what gets me because i start up a new game and the story is disconnected from the last one and often the game plays very differently because that's the other thing to bear in mind with final fantasy games is that i mean they're all rpgs loosely speaking yeah. but the level to which they're rpgs is hugely variable like some of them have like custom clothes and weapons and stuff and other ones have like sometimes sometimes you level up by 
getting experience and a number going up like a regular game uh, and they kind of invented that but in more recent years they've been like well all the other games are doing that now so we need something something more complicated final fantasy 10 has a system called the sphere grid okay. uh, and there's a giant grid with circles in it and when you win battles you get spheres of varying types and you can slot them into the holes in the grid and once you've put a sphere in the grid you can put spheres in holes adjacent to that sphere <laughs> on the grid and there are six starting points and at the start when you when you start playing it's all like would you like the regular sphere grid or the expanded advanced sphere grid and honestly like the regular one is so confusing <laughs> it's ridiculously complicated I, I can't even remember what the advanced one looks like i assume it's just bigger but like like i've played through that game like five times and i'm still when i start off i'm all like oh damn how does the fucking sphere grid work <laughs> jesus christ and i have to go and watch a youtube video and then the youtube video ends and i'm all like i'm still not sure like Final Fantasy XII has the license board where everything that you learn in the game, you learn it or you buy it or you pick it up or whatever, but you can't use it unless you have purchased a license to okay. use it. Because, because, you know, you have. Because everyone loves bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, it's like you found this sword in a box, sure, but, you know, you can't just equip it. Have you got the license? And I'm all like, no, I haven't got the license. Where's the license? You go on the license board and it's like 12 spaces away. And you're all like, what the fuck? Like, how am I going <laughs> to get there? But sometimes they're like neat little solutions. So obviously in all, in all fights and games, you get experience of some kind in RPGs generally. Uh, but the problem that comes from that is that later in the game, you'll encounter enemies who are very weak if you're going back through an area you're visiting and there is no point to fighting them because they give you so little money and experience there's no point and so they just become like an irritation uh some modern games deal with that so like in earthbound which well, is not modern but it's old but like they in earthbound the higher level you get if the enemies are very low level they run away from you because they are scared of you because you're too strong so you don't have to fight low level enemies anymore uh, and i can't remember what it is but there's another rpg where once you get a certain number of levels above the enemies you just win you don't have to do the fight the enemy appears and then it's all like you win because they're like well it would be boring for you yeah. to, have to press the buttons because you're definitely going to win uh, whereas in final fantasy 12 everybody gives you experience but they also give you license points uh so that you can buy your licenses however all enemies give you one when you defeat the enemy you get a license point occasionally bosses or special enemies will give you two or three but generally you get one and that's it but what that means is that there is never a time when it's not worth fighting enemies because you're always getting the same number of license points and you always need yeah. them so regardless of where you are in the game. In fact, you encounter shitty low-level enemies who you fought 12 hours ago and then a wolf comes up to you and you kill it in one hit and you're all like, nice. <laughs> and then you come back and you stay and you're all, I'll farm some fucking license points here. I can get through this fight real quickly. And you get to the point where you're being all like, I wish it would spawn more shit low-level like, yeah, enemies. More license points. <laughs> yeah, I can't kill them fast enough. And like, I've never played a game like that. Generally, the weak enemies become this incredible chore. Whereas in Final Fantasy XII, I'm genuinely wandering around being all like, why aren't there more of for like, me to fight. <laughs> the, the kind of the pillars that I would say are like the setting in the world, the story of the game, and then the systems. Because that's the thing with the license system is that like I'm a real fan of games where there are complicated systems. So complicated, in fact, that when I start first look at them, I'm all like, how could I possibly understand this? And then hours later, I'm all like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy that license. And I'm in fact being all like, oh, 
I could I could maximize my license points in this area <laughs> and I could buy these licenses in a weird order to get to the wrong place on the board so that I could use and the, and and those kind of experiences I think are very much like either you go for them or you don't like when we're playing games I noticed that Beth hates menus and I mean like literally any she doesn't like she doesn't like like any menus whatsoever you get any Maybe street fighter she, oh, no she hates street fighter fucking hell wow. she can't stand it but like she hates like any so like we're playing an rpg and you pick up an item of clothing and i'm all like oh yeah just go into the menu and equip it and she's all like <sighs> the menu like and any sort of leveling system any sort of upgrade system she like we play through RPGs together. We play through like action RPGs because she likes the gameplay, and she just hands me the controller when we get to any sort of menu section. Like she has no idea how any of those systems yeah. work because she like she just we were playing something with one of her friends, and, and and she was explaining the gameplay, and then her friend got to like one of the sections where you have to level up, and was like, "How did you do this?" And she was like, "Oh, that's Paddy's area. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can you can you can designate that task to him. Like I, I, that's what I do because I don't yeah. care." Um, Whereas I love menus. I like a game where I spend like quite a lot of the time in the menus. Like like when I was playing Final Fantasy XII through, Beth was like, what are you doing? And I was all like, well, I mean, I don't want to say this because it sounds mad, but I've got some admin. Like <laughs> I've got a lot of like menu stuff that I need to do. And I've been kind of saving it all up so that I can literally just sit here tonight and for this entire hour to two hour play session, change things That's in the, nice the menus. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'll go out into the battlefield and be all like, oh, all that menu works really paying out. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think that that's the kind of thing that either does it for you or yeah. doesn't. Uh, and if it doesn't, I don't think most Final Fantasy games, some of them, some of them are very streamlined. Some of them are very action focused because the game has, because the series has no kind of pattern whatsoever yeah. to it. But like a lot of them are pretty systems focused and that's really the depth of them for me and a lot of them are very neat but yeah the number one draw generally is the story i'm not quite john carmack uh, i don't know if you know that quote but he once he's the developer of doom he once said that games story in games is like story in porn people expect it to be there but it ain't why they're coming here like um so like and that's why doom and whatever will have a story that like serves to kind of give you some sort of context as to what's happening that I, isn't I agree really with that up to a point because i think like you said we're now in an age where uh most ambitious developers are trying to be cinematic so you've got your your rock stars and your naughty dogs and a lot of independent de developers are doing some incredible things um like this yeah. past e3 was actually virtual e3 was like one of the first i've been excited about in a long time um so i definitely get that train of thought but i think and I guess it's it's something like Doom is maybe a, it's a separate argument because, yeah, you just go there for yeah. shooting things. But I think, by and large, I think companies nowadays are doing themselves a disservice, disservice if they think that way. Well, I generally lean more towards those okay. games. Like, I am apps, I definitely, like, I really like Street Fighter or, like, Apex or something where you go in and you're playing the game and then maybe there's some story, but you're not. You know, you're not focused on that a See, lot of the funny, time. It's funny because, like, but... you know, I just mentioned Def Jam, and it and it, it's not Shakespeare, but part of the reason why I love Def Jam is it's it is really story driven, and you know, it, it's a fighting game. But like, so for instance, there is a one point in the game where you're being blackmailed, so you end up having to fight the people that you were you were in a crew with. So you have to win these fights to progress, but you hate it as a person because these are yeah. your friends and they don't know you're being blackmailed. They think you just betrayed them. So 
you're gaining these points and you're gaining um, the things you need to progress in that system, but it doesn't feel great, you know? So, yeah, and for me, that's more compelling than just beat these people up. Well, yeah, and there's stuff like that in The Last of Us. Like, there's the, you press the button to whistle and Ellie comes over and then later on in the game, there's a bit where it doesn't work. And instead of it being like, oh, is this game broken? You're all like, oh my God, is she okay? Um, And like, there's kind of like, you can play really nicely with game systems and story, but a lot of developers don't. A lot of developers are all like, here is the next cutscene. They basically, like, one of my problems with Rockstar Games is they've basically written like a five-hour movie and then you 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 experience it over like 50 hours like where where whether youtuber called nakey jakey who made a very good video about uh why rockstar and naughty dog are still fantastic developers and make fantastic games but he's frustrated with this illusion they sell you that their games are interactive or that you have more agency than you really do for instance i think he used an example in red dead redemption where he had found one of the items he needed but he couldn't access it. And then he realized yeah. he needed to go through their prompts until the door that he needed to get to would open to allow him to get that item. And it's like, if I already know where it is and you claim to be this sandbox game, I should just be able to go through the window and get it. And once again, it's it's that illusion, isn't it? Yeah, and RPGs are often like that. So like, uh, I remember playing Fallout 3 and there was this moment where um, I you, find, you have to find out where your dad is. That's the whole point of the game. Like that's the entire plot of the first like 30 hours of Fallout Sounds 3. Like my life. Uh, <laughs> but like I started over and I was all like well I already know where my dad is so can I just go there so I just went there and the game was all like and he was a bit like hey how did you find me and like I had dialogue options being all like I don't know man I guess I'm just here <laughs> um, and I skipped out like the first three quarters of the game uh, and I was all like oh that's cool that's you know it's, it's nice that you can do that so then I went back to some of the missions and one of the missions was this guy being all like if you do this mission for me i'll tell you where your dad is uh, and i had a dialogue option that was all like oh, i already know where my dad <laughs> is uh and and so he was all like oh, all right well uh money do you want some money <laughs> and i was like and i remember being all like that's awesome like that's yeah. what you want is you want it to not only allow you to make choices but to adapt to the choices that exactly. you've made um but Final Fantasy is not that game. You are watching the movie. Like, yeah. and that's the thing is that like generally those don't work for me at all. Not even a little bit. Like I, I I'm 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 so done with watching GTA cutscenes that like when I played through GTA five, I literally skipped all of them for the second half of the game. And aside from the time when when I finished skipped the cutscene and it was all like tattoo a dick on the guy's back, I didn't really feel like I'd missed anything. Aside from in that case where I was like, what what, <laughs> what, did, what did I skip? <laughs> yeah. Um but like when Red Dead Redemption 2 started, there was this bit where like it opened up and they were like drudging through the snow. And then two of them got into a conversation and like five, ten minutes in I was all like, oh yeah. no, I've done this. Fuck fuck this. But like Final Fantasy never feels like that because the cutscene starts and you're all and they're all like and they're all like let's go and sing Florence and the Machine while our car breaks down and you're all like what the what the actual fuck I have no idea what's going to happen next there's a bit in 15 where you're just driving from place to place and this mountain next to you starts moving and they're all like oh no no way man look the mountain's moving and then it's just a giant turtle like the size of a mountain and they're all like shit a turtle and and, and you're just like like I just there's there's some product placement sometimes not often but in 15 there's a bit where there's a Japanese brand called cup noodle it's like pot yeah. noodle but for Japanese yeah, people I, I know cup noodle. um yeah so there's a cup noodle promotion in Final Fantasy 15 um 
and it is the least subtle thing in the world. One of your friends walks up to you and is all like, hey, you know what I could do with? Is a sweet cup noodle. <laughs> and you're like, and, and your character's all like, oh man, yeah, I love cup noodle. What are we going to do? And you have to go on a mission to get meat that's good enough to, go to put in your cup Amazing. noodle. And then at the end, he's all like, that was the greatest meal I've ever eaten. <laughs> and they give you a t-shirt with the cup noodle logo on. Like, um, but I've never heard of cup noodle. So I was just like, what is, why, why are they so into this weird brand of noodles? What? But it says something, I think, about the game that I didn't assume it was product placement. Yeah. I was all like, this is a weird diversion, isn't it? Like, they're really into these noodles. But I was totally, absolutely willing to roll with that. Yeah, I was all like, yeah, well, I guess I guess we just fucking love noodles now. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next? Like, uh, 12's got a broken story because they started making the game and they were all like, it's going to be the tale of a gruff, Hugh Jackman-styled knight who's betrayed by his brother. And then halfway through development, the producers were all like, mm, but you know, you know what sells games is hot guys. And that guy's and that guy old. Um, so the producers were like, okay, cool. So we've got this supporting character, and he's like Han Solo. Like he's like a he's like a lovable rogue. Uh, and he's and he's like, he's got his own airship, he's got like a, a sidekick, like Chewbacca style. Like he's like, he's a cool guy, and he's younger and better looking. And the producers were like, cool, yeah, whatever. And so we started developing it with him, and then and then the producers came back and were like, mm, you know though, oh, he's a guy. Enough? No, 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 no. They were just like, is that new guy? hot enough is he is he handsome enough and so the main character of final fantasy 12 is a 15 year old boy with his shirt oh open, um and like a really pretty girly face like they like in japan uh he's he's super androgynous um but they introduced him so late in development that he he isn't the main character of the plot because it was too late to fix that. So your role as the main character is to wander around with the characters who are the plot is happening to and watch. <laughs> and he's just like, he just wanders about being all like, and he's got kind of his own very light plot that starts at the beginning and is resolved quickly at the end. But he has no involvement in the overall plot of the game because he's just there, but you're playing as him because he's handsome. <laughs> um, and again, like I feel like in like that that feels like a story that you would watch in a YouTube video, which was explaining why this game is yeah. fucked. Do you know what I mean? But actually, it really works because in most games you play as the most important yeah. person in the story, and there's something really interesting about playing as somebody who knows the most important yeah, person in sure. the story. And it's especially interesting that like often supporting characters in games they have like a plot beat yeah. you know what i mean like you you're wandering around and you're all like this is my friend and then they're all like oh by the way i have a i have a origin quest and then you go to where they come from and you find out about their parents and you solve that problem for them and then that's their story and it's done whereas like in the in ff12 that's you like and and everybody and the main characters are having all these huge plot developments and being all like as it turns out my dad is is the lead scientist of the evil empire and your character is there all like ah well, it's, it's funny, you know, it's really interesting to hear that because one thing I've always wondered is why more Hollywood studios, especially the ones that have comic book rights, haven't tried to do more with sidekicks. Because, I mean, if you remember yeah. the origins of, of Robin were that, well, I mean, Robin's really a ripoff from a lot of the Marvel characters, but Stan Lee was smart enough to figure out that most teenagers, even though they love Batman and they love Spider-Man, they love whoever they don't want to be an old 37 year old man they think he's super cool yeah 
but they don't want to be that old man. What would be really cool is to be the person that gets to ride alongside in the car with him. And that's where Robin comes from. It's that wish fulfillment of like, oh my gosh, I, I get to hang out with Batman. And so it's weird that it hasn't transcended into more genres and more styles of, of storytelling. Well, I think that, yeah, like that there's like, that there's something about being an audience because the other thing is that the main character of that game is like you, confused by a lot of the stuff that's going on but it makes total sense for him to be all like wait what's that who because he's never left his small town where he li- where he lives in the city but he's never left that city he's never done anything he's never been outside and his dream is to like have very basic things like some friends and a, and a, and a, and a big and a big well no unfortunately there's no cup noodles in that one i wish uh, nothing like a good cup noodle changed my life um but yeah, like there's these kind of like, like there's this kind of level at which you just can't explain what it is about them that, that is enjoyable. Because when you start talking to people about them, they invariably say the same thing, which is like, sound insane. that sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, like that sounds, that doesn't sound like when I'm all like, oh my God, you should see the cooking system. You should see the photorealistic egg renders when I'm all like. I spent six hours in the menus last night and it was the greatest PlayStation I've had in ages. People are just like, they don't assume that there's something fantastic about the game. They assume there's something wrong yeah. with you. <laughs> like, um, and so like, it's really, really hard to communicate to people. And, and there's this kind of weird duality between you talk to people who like Final Fantasy and they're all like, oh my God, yes, changed my life literally literally changed my life and that's the case for me as well like it's very possible that without final fantasy 7 you and i wouldn't know mm. each other because it's what got me interested in anime and manga and if i had not had that interest i might not have got my job at forbidden planet and we might never yeah. have met Do you know what i mean like it literally changed my life like the entire course of my life was changed the day i started playing final fantasy, the day i saw that advert on the tv yeah. and i think like for a lot of people this they either like people either want from media is like they either want something that's just safe and familiar and that makes them feel normal or alternatively they want something that's not normal that's completely different and for people who want something different you kind of don't get more different than final fantasy like there are elements of it like it's generally sometimes it's a fantasy story sometimes it's a sci-fi story sometimes it's a cyberpunk story but there's always almost always giant chickens that people ride like horses <laughs> um they're called chocobos okay. and they are I, one of yeah, the only things before. they're the only things that recur between games generally pretty much and and so like and like obviously maybe in a fancy setting like it's weird but if everybody runs in riding on giant chickens you're all like cool okay yeah. well i guess yeah. you know yeah like but in the cyberpunk setting it's really really <laughs> weird when they're all like hold on i'm just gonna get off my motorbike because I need a chicken to cross this area. <laughs> and like, and there are just bits of it that like, don't like, there's always, there's often anthropomorphized cactuses. Uh, and the cactuses give you more experience than all the other enemies, but they're real quick and hard to Do hard some to of catch. them have boxing gloves? Yeah. Yes, I've seen, I've seen Yeah, yeah. see? <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, and there's things like that, that like, they recur between the games, but like, you can't, like they don't fit into any of the yeah. games, so like it's not like ah yes, how are we going to make this fit into the setting of the new game? It's literally just all like yeah, that thing goes there, and everyone's like that looks a bit out of place, and and the developers are all like, no. eh, don't we'll know, or, 
Or is it fine that there's a farm that raises giant rideable chickens and rents people? <laughs> are, are, are you gonna like like there's a lot of other weird stuff going on? Do you know like Just and and, and there's and something about but that's the thing is that like in other stories, in other mediums, if you had a weird thing, it would feel out of place. But Final Fantasy is all weird things <laughs> all the time with no let up. So there's a, you, you you gain this level of acceptance where you're like, sure, you know, whatever. Like I I I don't like like there are bits where they'll just be all like, well, we have to go there because that's where the giant magic crystal that powers the city is. And you're all like, okay, so I guess they use giant magic crystals instead of fossil fuels. Whatevs. Like that seems that seems fine to me. Uh, and then and then you get to the crystal and they're all like, we'll have to go inside the crystal and speak to the to the demon in there. And you're all like, yep, obviously. <laughs> like yeah, you know, like I mean, it's a giant magic crystal that powers the city. I, I don't really have a frame of reference <laughs> for how that should work, right? Like I don't have I don't have like a set of expectations here because I'm never expecting any of the things that yes. happen so like so like and then when they turn around they're all like oh no you're not that guy you're a clone of that guy and that guy actually died 10 years ago and everybody has just been humoring you <laughs> and you're like okay like i'll do like mild spoilers because it doesn't really matter because you won't understand okay, anyway so like in final fantasy 10 uh you at the start are playing a sport called blitzball uh it's like uh it's like it's like basketball but underwater okay um and they all swim around and hit the ball at each other underwater uh they can all breathe underwater of course they can. that's never yeah. that's never touched on <laughs> nobody explains that there's bits later on where they can't breathe when they go swimming but in the context of the sport everybody can breathe underwater and that's fine um and then you you're like the best player for your team and everybody wants autographs and you have to sign autographs after the game and then a giant tidal wave comes to destroy the city uh, and it's got like it's like the shape of a big slug. It's water, but it appears to be an animal of some kind. And then it, it eats the city, and you wake up a thousand years later. Um, and over the course of the game, you have to try and track down the big bit of water that has been causing all the problems. And then eventually, you go inside the big bit of water, and when you get in there, it turns out it's your dad. Of course. <laughs> and like. And there is no kind of context given for how your dad turned into the giant tidal wave. <laughs> and, it, and, 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 and there's a level at which I still, when I play Final Fantasy X, it starts off and, and Sin, the giant tidal wave, appears. And I'm always all like, oh, yeah, yeah I remember the tidal wave. <laughs> and then like, and then you get towards the end and he has this like in-depth, weird, psychosomatic, psychosexual kind of interaction with this woman who he's fallen in love with but also she really reminds him of his mom and then they go together inside the title and it's just like there's just a level at which you're just sat there like i i'm 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 along for the ride <laughs> yeah. here like there is never going to be a bit of this where i'm all like yes got it i understand <laughs> See, it feels now. a lot like my experience playing death stranding yeah it's like there's definitely things happening. Yeah, well, Kojima's <laughs> like that, and the thing is that like he's very much got a kind of a, but he still like Kojima still loves Western media. Yeah, like he, you can see the movie TV influences there. Whereas like quite often when you go into like proper Japanese stuff, there's a kind of just yeah disconnect. There's, there's no concern for trying to please that audience. They have their own stories to tell. No, and in fact, you get the feeling that the people who made it don't even really know what western audiences would yeah. want or yeah. care 
and like and that to me like in in like i cannot fathom a world where here anybody would take any sort of media product and be all like mm, yeah that 40 year old guy sure he's grizzled and rough but could we replace him with a really pretty smooth 15 year old boy, 15 year old boy <laughs> with with his shirt open like like cuz here those two products would not cross no. over we have things we have things with hot 15 year old boys that are aimed at the, but they're generally aimed square at teenagers yeah. and we have things with gruff grizzled old men but they're generally aimed Older at men. adult yeah. men you know what i mean like we don't have anything where halfway through production you could be all like i think that maybe what this needs is a hot 15 year old boy <laughs> because because here somebody John, like, you've done it again <laughs> Yeah, but that's the. It's just. I guess it's just a cultural difference. Is, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because but, but, you know, um, it, it probably speaks to why the franchise has, has endured for so long. Because we were just talking before we were recording this about the popular YouTube series. What what happened? Where they talk about game developments that have gone disastrously wrong, and more often than not, you'll get a company like a Capcom or another established Japanese company that becomes obsessed with trying to match sales in the West that they had in the East, and yeah. so rather than just have the faith in their product to say it's going to hit that market, they'll understand how cool this is. They then try to compromise. And because a lot of what the staples of culture are are so different in both um, parts of the world, you just have this weird mishmash where it doesn't work. It works for nobody. That's the thing is that it's not for, it's not for Japanese people anymore, but also you're never going to present something that Western audiences are all like, Oh my God, that's, cooler than iron man yeah, or whatever exactly. because like you can't quite do that but like but when you're all like hey you know we've got to go get the motorbike fixed because dragons <laughs> like there's a bit of me that's all like okay I'm like I'm, I'm 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 on board here because i don't know what you're going to say next yeah. and i think that's the thing is that like it's familiar but there's something wrong yeah, about, off it. about it yeah yeah like and that kind of thing is is that's that really works for me yeah and i think it works for a lot of people because like there's enough there that you're like okay i can grasp onto the basic idea of this like no, i think like, i think and this is obviously this is massive generalization but i think a lot of being a geek despite how mainstream it is now for for, for those of us who are really into the things we're into they're very niche and so one thing I loved I love about conventions, the first time I went to a convention was the first time I was like, these are my people. I was seeing yeah. weird people in costumes. I was seeing people in T-shirts. I was like, I understand that reference. I, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be. And I think what sounds amazing about this franchise is that they fully just been like, this is us. Yeah. If you get it, you get it. Come along with us. And I think more games, more comics, more TV shows need to just lean into that weirdness. I don't think a lot of studios that have these millions have the faith in how weird stuff can be and how successful weird stuff can be but it's like we're out there and we just need someone to validate our weirdness so go be weird with it well and also everybody hates the newest final fantasy game everybody that is the is that the so like, remake oh no sorry like everybody whatever the newest final fantasy game is <laughs> the audience hate it yeah and then a couple oh, okay, of years yeah. pass and the audience and something new comes out and the audience get all angry about that and then and then you know and then people start looking at the old ones and they're all like you know and then this kind of group of fans who 
that was their first one and they had no they had no frame of reference turn up and they're all like i love that one it fucking changed my life and that's the thing is that like i speak to people older than me who are all like uh, final fantasy 7s where it really went downhill um because the because the previous ones changed their lives and then 7 was a departure from what they were expecting uh, and i found 13 very difficult when i played it like i i that's that game's not really for me mm. um but I know a lot of people who are younger than me who it blew their mind and changed their entire perspective on what games could be. Um, Much and like the like, Furious franchise. <laughs> but I think that's the thing is that like, I think that younger people come into things, especially with something that's been running for 30 years. Yeah. Like you cannot expect to have your first experience again. You mm. just can't. And actually what you have to remember is that every one of these is somebody's first experience yeah. and, and also, actually and also developers can't win because if they had just whoever thinks five was the best installment if they had just been making final fantasy five for 30 years they'd be stale so they try yeah. and change it and people say well it's not what i loved you can't win yeah you absolutely can't and that's the thing is that they don't like there's one if there's one thing i'll give them they never really stick to one thing for any length of time. Like there's there's a lot of spin-offs that have that are just going to completely different genres. Like and and those things again, like for some people, that's the one for them. Like they like I know a lot of people who are like, I don't like Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy Tactics, that shit is my jam. Yeah. Um and like and those and those kind of experiences they're completely unique and so each one of them will speak to people and that's the power of the brand as well is that like it attracts people even if they've never heard of it because again like there's kids today looking at things and being all like 15 like 15 how like how how could there be 15 of these yeah. and 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 there's something about like the legacy so like the first it's called final fantasy because uh they were going square were going to go bankrupt and they could only afford to make one more game wow uh and this was their like hail mary and the guy who ran the company was all like well i'm tired he tried to make like platform games and driving games he tried to compete with other nes games and none of them had really taken off yeah and he was all like i'm just going to make what i want to make yeah uh, he was big into he was big into dragon quest and he was all like i'm gonna make something like dragon quest but it's gonna have like my own twist on it which is going to be a lot of angst. <laughs> Dragon Quest is a, is a pretty light Mario style story. It's always all like, uh, there are bad guys there. Quickly, go defeat him. He's got a dragon. Uh, whereas Final Fantasy is quite often all like, mm, you know, saving the world from an evil god is hard. But you know what's really hard is your relationship with your parents. <laughs> um, and like, and there's something about that as well that like, again, I think that when you're a teenager, you kind of get into these things and those things, those themes speak to you yeah. they kind of they 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 like you're all like yes it is hard dealing with your parents <laughs> and again you cannot expect that when you're 35 those themes are going to speak to you yeah, in, the same, way because, in the same way because yeah they just don't but i assume that they will with younger people yeah. because like and that's the thing is that and actually other themes that work so like you know i'm on a road trip with my buddies having friends is is a kind of a universe well it's not a universal experience which is very sad but like you know a group of friends who you hang out with every day who you do everything with like that's an experience that a lot of us have had and it's kind of a teenage experience that a lot of us have to move past as we become adults yeah. and so actually getting the opportunity to go back and like and be part of and be part of like a group of of, of young people who all hang out together every day 
is really refreshing in some ways. And also, you and... Know what? I think there's it's a real underrated talent, but I think there is a real gift in being able to capture youth authentically. Yeah. Because obviously it's what most mass media producers go for. And when you're young, it rings hollow a lot of the time. So when someone yes. can really nail that that feeling of excitement and, and the bonds that you have with those people in your life, that's an incredible thing. Yeah, well, and that's the thing as well. Like, uh, there was a lot of pushback on Fifteen because it doesn't have very many female characters in, uh, and obviously, it's a it's a point where it's worth pointing out that it has the same problems that a lot of other Japanese media has with women, where even when they're nuanced, interesting characters, they also generally have giant boobies yeah. and aren't wearing very many clothes, um, and like that's kind of a problem that that if you if you like Japanese media, you have to kind of you know get used to and 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 obviously like i never want to like it's it's definitely a problem and i never want to look past that but also there's i think there's something weird about like cultures are completely different like i i like i find sometimes when i'm dealing with american media i find the like the the complete acceptance of guns and like like quite often in american stuff they'll just pray do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like for English people, that can be kind of weird because we like, obviously there's lots of Christian people here, but we don't have a lot of like praying in TV shows. You know what I mean? Like, like there's never a bit in EastEnders where they're all like, you know, who could help us with this is God. Like, um, whereas in American stuff, that's just completely normal. And like, it's weird for me because I'm not a Christian, but like, I just like, and, and, and like there's stuff in Japanese things again, where like the, and the attitudes are not always positive And there are things where I'm more like, this is grim, but there's also a level at which I'm more like, but I'm not part of that culture. Yeah. So I can't like, I don't want to be all like, they are bad <laughs> because it's I understand that. Yeah. Well, and I understand that if you grow up in a different, like for, to a lot of people in the world, the Western attitude to armies, uh, Western armies, you know liberating people from from other countries is probably completely disgusting yeah. but i totally look past it and don't even really yeah. see it's there because it's what i grew up with um and i think that like what's what what always surprises me is that like these characters in 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 japanese media who are like half naked ladies they have huge legions of female fans yeah women who are all like oh my god i love her yeah. and that is something that i feel like here it would be like Oh, she's that character. She's just for men. Do you know what I mean? Like she's like, but actually, that's not really how it works in their culture. And so I can't really. I feel like I can't really judge. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like and feel like that bad. But obviously, to the West and I, sometimes you'll meet people and she'll be like, "Hey, I'm a mechanic," and she's wearing just like a bikini. And you're like, <laughs> I, "I feel like I feel like maybe that's not the most appropriate mechanic." <laughs> um, but then and like she'll be gratuitously sexualized in a level that you probably wouldn't get in anything in yeah. the West. But then she'll have kind of an interesting personality and story in a way that ladies in bikinis definitely never would have when they show up in Michael Bay shit here. So like, and there's just a cultural kind of disconnect there, I think, that kind of, and yeah, like, but they tackle things that, so like it got a lot of pushback because it was all men. Yeah. The main characters are four men. You don't, in most Final Fantasy games, you get a lot of characters and you can choose which ones you want to use. 15 does not give you that option you play as these four men and they are the main characters um and like and i went in i was all i wasn't really sure what to expect but it's final fantasy so you know i just gave it a crack um and it is a really nuanced exploration of masculinity because actually like 
they are four men and they are going together on their road trip. And there's a lot of stuff early on where they're all like, Hey bro, you know, let's, let's, let's do this. Like let's play sports together, man. And then as it goes on, they go from living a relatively normal life into going through some more traumatic stuff. And they spend time opening up to each other about how they feel. And the people go on a transition from being, men who are unable to connect with their feelings to men who are not only able to connect with their feelings but are able to share them with their friends and that's a big part of the journey and it's also a story that i don't feel like like we definitely get the man softens up but it's always a woman who softens the man up in western media do you know what i mean it's always or a kid i met a kid and now i'm less gruff and manly i met a woman (laughs) and now i'm less and like i feel like i've not encountered many stories where three or four men together go through like an adolescent young adult period and really learn to emotionally relate to each other and care for each other like and so those kind of stories are the kinds of things that i feel like i don't necessarily get anywhere so if a kid a kid is listening to this and he has how much do games cost nowadays they're like 50 60 bucks um uh yeah but it's probably a kid i say his a kid a kid of any gender listening to this thinks this actually sounds great but their dad or or carer only gives them enough money to buy or download one game where does this kid start um i would say go on youtube watch any watch watch the trailers for whichever ones are available for you on your platform and just pick one they don't you don't need to play them in any order. You don't need to experience them. There are occasional, obviously, like if it says Final Fantasy X-2, you should probably play X first. <laughs> but you actually don't need to. Like, it, like you genuinely, a lot of the time, can come in at whatever angle. What it's most about is finding something that kind of speaks to you or excites you in like something where, where you're like, what the fuck is that? But you want to know you know what i mean like that's the thing like and they are also very widely available like they are all so like i think you can play seven eight nine ten ten two twelve and fifteen on the xbox for instance Uh, i'm pretty sure you can play the first six in various ways you can definitely get them through steam um on pc i think they're coming to nintendo switch at some point and they're also widely available on mobile phones cool um the 11 and 14 are online MMO style games. So they require a subscription and a PC and I've never played either of them. Mm. Um, but like they 14 especially has a lot of diehard fans who are really, really obsessed with it. Um, 15 is a modern console game. 13 is an Xbox 360 PS3 game. But I think you can play it on the Xbox One. Cool. 12 was ported to modern consoles, so you can get a PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series version of it. Uh, that's the version. I played that about three weeks ago. Sweet. Um, put in like 110 hours. Uh, and, and yeah, like in terms of like everybody has their own favorites, uh, but my absolute favorites are 12, 7, and five <laughs> uh, and 15 cool. <laughs> so and that should tell you that like this is not a series of games where people are all like i like the first four yeah. or whatever like like they are they are wildly like you like seven is one of my favorite games ever i ain't get on with eight like i just i just don't it doesn't didn't really do it for me i like nine but it didn't really speak to me i find 10 quite difficult but 12 really brought it background and is one of my favorite games. It's probably it sounds, one of my... It sounds similar in a way to the, the Resident Evil series. 
Yes. Yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah. I like this one, I don't like that one. I actually like this weird spin-off title they did. You know, so yeah. it's, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, and I would say that one of the things for me is that it's like Resident Evil in that there are not a lot of big old games franchises that I'm still all like, yeah, what are we doing next? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of games franchises have settled to the point where like, I know what the next GTA game will be like. Yeah. I know what the next Fallout game will be like. I know what the next Zelda Scrolls game will be like. I kind of know what the next Mario game will be like. Yeah. Zelda's a kind of a wild card, but even then, even if they'll change something about it, but it will still be Zelda. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Whereas, like, I have no idea what the next Final Fantasy or Resident Evil game will be like, yeah, or what it, or who it will be about, yeah, or what kind of things will happen in it. Like, uh, Resident Evil Eight came out a couple of months ago. It's very good. Yeah, it's very, very, very good. It's a first-person game that, like, Seven was. It's got a completely different perspective. It's got a totally different story. It's genuinely it's... terrifying in some parts as well. Yeah, like the dollhouse is re- really upset me in, in quite a lot of ways. And like, and I think that that's something that like, like you'll, if you connect with, with Final Fantasy, there will be somebody or something, a character, a, a place that you never forget. And that I think is the power of it, really. That's kind of the most important thing, that and loving menus. So like... um like the like generally the the other thing that works or doesn't work for people is is the battle system mm-hmm. so like you'll spend a lot of time walking from place to place fighting and watching cutscenes um and obviously like i've done a lot i've talked a lot about the walking from place to place is just exploring like you either like exploring games or you don't yeah, yeah. It, again the amount of it varies final fantasy 13 is essentially a linear corridor that you run down whereas like the older ones have the whole world available to you the fighting again has nothing generally in common with the previous games so like there's a lot of the old ones are standard pokemon style jrpgs you stand in the line they stand in the line you hit each other uh they generally live or die on how good the other systems are there's often a thing called jobs classes where you will give you have class-based warriors and you have to kind of combine them into your own teams seven's got a thing called materia where you have magic orbs and you can connect them to one other magic orb. Every time uh, and I feel so, like I'm getting a handle on this franchise, you introduce a new mechanic and I have to yeah, reset well, my thing. expectations. So like material works by you have a I have a spell, right? And it's this it's an orb. Like it's fire, okay? And then you put it in your weapon. And so you can use the fire spell if you've got the fire orb in your weapon. It's fine. The more the more you use it, the more stronger it gets. There's a linked slot next to it, and I could put like ice in there, but then there would be no synergy between them because you know they, they don't have anything in you know like. Or I could put a, a a support material in that class. So I put fire in one, and I put all in the other, and then fire will hit all of the enemies instead of one of the enemies. Uh, I could put final attack in there, which means that when I die, I will do this thing once before I die. Um, and that sounds completely useless. But then if you combine it with the revive spell, it's real useful because before I die, I will cast revive on myself, which will keep me alive. And you kind of slowly put together and you start off and you have two materia slots. You have like fire and heal and you're and then it linked to each other and that's it. And then by the end of the game, you've got a weapon with like 16 slots of, of eight pairs and you've got like 40 or 50 materia and you just sat there like, okay, how am I going to combine these? And you sit in the menu 
and you try things out for a while and stuff. So like there's there's like optional bosses towards the end who are like crazy difficult, much more difficult than the final boss. And the optional method I found in Final Fantasy VII was what you got to do is kill both of your friends so that you're the only person alive. And then I set up all of my materia so that when the enemy hit me, I regained all of my health and cast the most powerful spell in the game eight times. Um, and then I just sat there and watched it do that over and over again for about an hour and a half until I won the battle. Um, and and like it definitely wasn't how you were supposed to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it worked. And I and I figured it out. It took me ages and ages. But I was like, ah, damn! I've got revive set. He revives one of the other people. And I was all like, but what if? I set it to only cast on me. And I was like, but now they're interfering. And I was like, but what if they were dead? <laughs> and then like bit by bit, I kind of I kind of broke down the system and I was like, okay, now I'm casting the most powerful spell 16 times in a row every time it hurts me and getting all my health back. Yeah. Um, and like, and I basically automated it and then just watched. <laughs> uh, and like 12's got a system where you can issue commands to people. Like you can go, when you are near an enemy, attack it. When you are when you have low health, heal yourself. Uh, and then gradually you unlock more command slots until you have like twenty, and there are like five hundred yeah, commands. I did a video review of uh, Seven Remake, and I think one of the negative aspects of that was they felt the AI was a bit underdeveloped. Yeah, and like the thing is that in the best ones, you're programming all of the characters to do what you want. Mm. So the AI doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. Um, I found Seven Remake was a little streamlined for my tastes. It's a bit like it's it's a bit feels like it's kind of playing itself some of the time while yeah. you watch. Um, but it is unbelievably beautiful. The PS5 version looks gorgeous. Mm. Absolutely amazing. And uh, I, again, like, I think that remakes are difficult. Like, I'm never going to get my experience with Final Fantasy VII again. Yeah. And for me, re remake, like, for me, the remake, I, I enjoyed the story because they didn't just directly remake the story. They kind of updated bits of it. Yeah. But I know a lot of people who are very, very angry that they changed <laughs> anything about that story. I can understand that because I think a lot of my favorite games, the only thing that uh disappoints me about them nowadays is that obviously we are in the age of um uhd and incredible visuals so sometimes i'm like i just wish this looked like a modern game i don't need them to change anything else just make it look nice so i can understand it but i can also understand as a developer there might be issues that you've sat with for 20 or however many years because either the technical technical limitations or the time restrictions meant you weren't able to do certain things. So I understand that if you were in a chance to build it again from the ground up, you'd be like, let's take this thing out or let's put this thing in. Well, yeah, and I also think it's a different world. Like uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake is a really good example of like, you couldn't sell Resident Evil 2 as it was to a mainstream audience no. and get millions of sales now because it's it's old and esoteric and confusing yeah. and it it's not but you, all you need to do is take the same setting and the same story and the same characters and turn it into a relatively modern third person shooter and it communicates to an entire new generation of people what was important about resident evil 2 yeah. and i i personally am very up for people i'd much rather play a remake where they changed a lot of stuff because for me i've got a copy of final fantasy 7 and I've played quite a lot of games where they just upgrade the graphics and often my my general feedback is I don't like it as much as the original. <laughs> like I think because I because there's things that I'm precious about and I wouldn't want them to change anything about them, I 
just play the original version. And I'm not, I don't see graphics that badly. Like as long as I can play it on my TV it and it, and it will display, I'm, I'm pretty happy to play ugly old games because <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't really care. But like, I think that I would much rather play a remake where, where they change things. Uh, yes. Seven remakes got some, got some stuff going on in the plot uh, that is, that made people very, very angry because there's kind of a meta-textual commentary going on about the fans of Final Fantasy VII nice. and how they don't want it to be changed. <laughs> uh, there's characters in the game who represent that feeling, mm. essentially. Um, and that, I think, is like... And I and I love that. that's That's what I'm there for all day. <laughs> like, if you're like, ah, so we're remaking the game and you're very angry that we've changed it. Well, what if there was a character in the game who was very angry that things were changing? <laughs> like, I'm 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 a hundred percent in for that because it's mad. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the the fans of Final Fantasy VII who don't want it to change are in Final Fantasy VII remake as evil ghosts. <laughs> um, and and like you know that episode of Rick and Morty where he meets Nazi Morty. Yeah. And Morty's all like, and he's all like, I just want to have fun adventures without any politics in them. <laughs> like, like I'm really there for those kind of like. I really like it when things get a bit self-referential and weird um and yeah like i think that there's there's a lot that you can do if you and then and that's the other power of a long-lasting franchise i think that like like the i I don't know if you remember that e3 where f7 remake was announced but it really blew the fucking roof Mm -hmm. off that conference it really did and that's the other thing is that like we'd been i'd been hoping for some sort of follow-up to ff7 like with the same characters for years for like 15 years at that point i think like and we'd had teasers when the ps3 was launched they demonstrated it with a rendering of the open sequence of final fantasy 7 in ps3 quality graphics Mm. which obviously at the time was mind-blowing because it was a ps1 game Uh, and then square enix were asked like are you going to remake final fantasy 7 for the ps3 and they were like no no, no, that was that was that was just a technical demo, and we figured people like people like Final Fantasy VII, so we thought maybe you'd like to see what it would look like if we did remake it. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> and like that, I think is like like there's something about a franchise that lasts that long that like it's literally I've grown up with these games, yeah. and they have changed the course of my life. I mean, one one thing so... I, just, I find really interesting is when you're explaining the story of the origin of the name. I don't know how many people know, but when Stan Lee was at what was then Timely Comics, he kept bringing them these ideas and they were like, a family of four superheroes, get out of my office. A teenage Spider-Man, get out of my office. And they wanted him to just keep writing war and romantic stories. And so he was going to hand in his notice. And his wife said, if you're going to hand in your notice, just write those stories anyway. Because then you know you did a good amount of your system. So he then collaborated with Ditko and Kirby and and Ramita Jr. and was like, yeah, they're not going to... Ramita Sr., sorry. And was like, yeah, they don't care. Let's just put them out. And then they became Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and all the things yeah. we know today. And you know, it, it, so, so it was interesting hearing that parallel. Like, as you say, that that someone taking that chance because they were like, F it, nothing else is going to happen, has now led to these franchises that resonate with generations of people well, that's the thing. I think there's a real power in being like let loose with no expectations. Yeah. The Dark Souls series is entirely based on uh, Demon Souls, uh, and Demon Souls was an RPG project which was failing, uh, and they were going to write it off and just cancel the whole thing. But they'd already made like quite a lot of bits 
and they wanted to kind of just put it together into a game. Uh, and they asked one of the guys who worked at Bram Software if he was interested in taking that project because nobody else wanted to take over the game that they already thought was going to fail. Mm. And he was like, hey, if the game's already going to fail, you know what my managers won't do is give a shit about what I'm doing with it. And so he took over the game and made this absolutely brutally punishing game that had all these weird online systems and strange story, all the kinds of things that a producer would be all like, no, we're not going to do that. But he just did them because his managers didn't care. They were like, put something out so that we haven't wasted all this money on these assets and we'll, and you know, and 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 like, I think there was some sort of like tax reason why it was better for them to finish the game than That's it was for them to just throw it all yeah. away. Yeah, and they would literally like there was no expectation, nothing. Um, and Sony were attached to publish it, uh, and the Sony publisher played it and was all like, "Oh my god, what is this weird garbage?" <laughs> uh, and then they declined to publish it in in countries outside of Japan. Um, and so like. It got published by like Bandai and Namco in, in, in Europe and America only because people were buying import copies of it and talking about it so much. Uh, and there was an interview with Shuhei, who's like one of the Sony guys, a couple of years later, where he was like, yeah, well, when they came to me with Bloodborne, I didn't fully get it, but I was all like, I'm not making that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not turning down another one of your fucking games because it's changed the whole games industry yeah. in quite a fun, in quite a fundamental way and the only reason it exists is because people had given up on the project yeah. and he was allowed that freedom and i think that that is the thing is that like a lot of and and that one of the things that bothers me now is when final fantasy games become a bit like oh no we don't really do that and it's a bit like you do whatever you fucking want That's like you works, yeah. make whatever game the people like the the meddling with the executives is one of the problems mm-hmm. that like makes some some of the final fantasy games have taken i think 15 took like eight years or something 12 took like nine years or something and then because they had to keep on starting over and rebooting and changing things because the people the producers were all like we know better than you do mm-hmm. um but like but then there's a level at which those things end up coming out half finished and kind of broken because because yeah. the because the, the they get to a point where they're all like oh my god I get that the driving system isn't finished and that you've spent a lot of money on egg renders, but we have to release it at some point. So just put it out. And then you get this game that actually is completely unique because the producers were like, you can't have all the time in the world. And so the director had to pick which bits were most important to him and the eggs were what he decided (laughs) were the most important to him. And I love that. Like I love, I love seeing something that is, even if it's not finished, even if it's not like nobody, you never finish anything to the level where you're actually happy with it, do you? Like, but you prioritize what you prioritize and you put what you put in there. And these games have told me stories and introduced me to characters and taken me to places that have been seared into my brain for my entire life and have changed me as a person and my entire perception of gaming <laughs> and media. I think um, that's a pretty great place to wrap it up. Yeah, and I could not, I couldn't recommend more. Just giving one of them a go and just seeing whether you're all like, what I would say, uh, just as a final note, is you might want to free up 
a couple of hours <laughs> if you're going to give one of them a go because a couple of hundred <laughs> well no but often often they're not like the kind of game where you can turn it on and be all like oh, five minute tutorial and now i'm playing yeah like a lot of them start with like a 20 minute movie and then <laughs> the game begins and often like the first few hours will involve a lot of watching and listening and walking around and you won't <clears> necessarily <throat> see what is good about the game unless you're willing to invest some time in it and if the story and the characters don't do anything for you and you feel like they never will it's not necessarily going to be worth carrying on it might be worth trying a different one although obviously like if you've got game pass they're all on loads of them are on there so you can try loads of them for free essentially because you're already paying for game pass Um, book a day of work get yourself some cup noodles and uh, hunker down for a good adventure yeah, imagine that you're going to watch a CG movie that at some point might become interactive. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, thank you for explaining that. Uh, we will yeah. do one of these again soon. I'm thinking probably you can explain One Piece to me. Yes, and, um, One Piece, maybe Evangelion. I might explain uh, some rappers to you. Um, yeah, I'd really like that. Yeah, because like I, I, you, you draw a lot of hip hop like references, <laughs> and generally I'm all like, mm, yeah, that thing. I too have heard. I too have heard of Tupac. Um, but yeah, beyond I think that, of someone. Um, and yeah, ooh. someone with someone who is like important, uh, like like Chance the Rapper or Tyler the Creator or whatever. Like someone whose name I hear yeah, no, many yeah. times. I think of someone who's got a, an upcoming release, and uh, maybe I'll break down why they're great. Yeah, um, sounds good. We will be back soon. I'll propose this to you now whilst we're recording this. Um, but the new Blade Runner uh, anime is due to launch on um, Adult Swim soon. So maybe we watch the existing installments in the franchise and then we talk about them. I'm sorry, there's a Blade Runner anime yes. series. Um, I won't speak on the quality of it right now. You can find the trailer on the Adult Swim YouTube. But I was going to propose that we watch all the existing installments in preparation for it. Yeah, we so, can. Yeah, so, Fuck yeah. So I fucking love Blade Runner. Ridley Scott's uh, final cut, which is fantastic. Blade Runner 2049, and I believe there were three shorts on YouTube that bridged the gap between the final cut and 2049. One is an anime, which is fantastic. One is a story about Dave Bautista's character that explains where he was prior to 2049. And then there is one starring Jared Leto, which gives you a bit more insight into Wallace and the Wallace Corporation. So if we watch... Damn, that sounds awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so in for that, 100%. All right, so you guys catch us next time. We will cover the new Blade Runner and the existing franchise. Yeah. In between then, you're probably going to have a few hours. So um, go get started on some Final Fantasy, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, get in it. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, subscribe, tell all your friends, all that goodness. See you soon. Goodbye. Bye.